Loading is nearly finished. We will leave our position within a few minutes. During the flight, Benjamin Friebe will call back with further information. First of all, have a pleasant stay on board. from the crew if you wish to use your device once we reach our cruising altitude. The bag is in an upright position. Cabin crew, prepare for departure. Sitting down on a plane a while back, I was trying to get used to having been assigned a middle seat about mid-cabin right in front of the wing for what would be a rather long cross-country flight. I typically plan trips enough in advance that I usually am successful in getting my absolute favorite location on just about any plane, anywhere on the aisle. The timing of this particular trip didn't allow for much advance notice. Anyway, we were about 10 minutes prior to pulling back from the gate, and the midsummer August 6th heat in Texas made itself very well known to all of us on the plane who had already been seated. I wondered who might join me in my row with only a few minutes left before the blocks were removed from the plane's landing gear. My hope was no one would come and I would transform my current seat situation to an even better one. But that was not to be the case. Sure enough, just as the final few minutes to departure ticked away, here comes two hurried individuals walking through the front cabin door, and yes, they were headed to my row. Well, how did I know? Well, my row is the only one with open seats on a very packed plane. Both people, a man and a woman who appeared to be in their 30s, were dressed well, but very ruffled over what must have been either a frantic run from another flight connection or a speedy drive from home to the airport. Either way, they did not seem to be together as neither individual spoke to the other, and the man zeroed in on what would typically have been my seat on almost any other flight, the aisle. The woman stopped a few rows short of my row to allow the man to put away his luggage and prepare to sit down. Once his luggage was stowed and he stepped back, I got up and stepped out of the row to allow the woman to enter her window seat. They both looked frazzled, and I felt I was about to be the beneficiary of their hectic experiences, if you know what I mean. I have spent the better part of my life traveling by plane. After college, I was hired as a flight attendant by a global airline based in Dallas, Texas, called Braniff International. I traveled the world for 13 years until Braniff became the very first major carrier to file for bankruptcy in 1982. From there, I went to work for an information research company traveling extensively promoting my business. It should and hopefully seem rather obvious, but my extensive time in the air with the public has made me pretty knowledgeable and experienced as a flyer, and along the way, a pretty fair observer of human behavior. Certainly not an expert psychologist by any means, but definitely one who has had enough encounters with my fellow citizens of the world to have a pretty good understanding of people and what makes them tick. After we took off and the cabin cooled a little bit, I noticed right away that the guy to my right in the aisle seat immediately began banging on his computer. He was into it. I don't know if he was making communications of some kind or building some form of presentation, but either way, he was intense. 
The woman to my left, simply looking out the window, was all she was doing. I could sense she was upset over something, and it could be something as simple as barely making her flight, but it felt more than that. Oh boy, I thought this is just great. I felt like I was looking at a long flight where I was now going to be the quiet buffer between two incredibly different worlds, both of which seemed to want nothing to do with the passenger in the middle seat, me, at least at the outset. While Mr. Isle banged away, Miss Window continued to sob very quietly. I tried to focus on reading a daily passage in my latest book of interest, Trust Life by Louise Hay, a series of 365 daily ideas to ponder during a given day. We are all wonderful, capable human beings, and it is time for us to acknowledge that we create our own reality. We create our reality with our minds. If we want to change our reality, then it's time for us to change our minds. And we do this by choosing to think and speak in new and positive ways. Each day gets easier if we come from this vantage point. Well, as I sat there and really pondered what I had just read, it came to me that my best possible flight experience today would come from me simply allowing it to be however it was going to be. And so I did. I began contemplating what I had just read for some time. What seemed like only a few minutes later, but was actually more than an hour, Mr. Isle turned to me and said, Hey, excuse me, my name is Frank, and I'm losing power on my laptop. You wouldn't happen to have a power brick, would you? I said, yes, I do, and gave him the one I had in my briefcase as I introduced myself. He was very grateful, and I noticed he seemed to be relaxing a little bit more. I asked him if he was under some kind of deadline, and he said, yes, I am. How did you know? And I said, well, it just came across that way after observing how focused and intense you seem to be ever since takeoff. I told him I didn't want to disturb him further, but asked that if he finished before we concluded our trip, would he mind if I asked him a few questions? He said sure, and he thanked me for asking rather than just continuing. It was clear to him I had respected his time and space. So he returned to his laptop, but now I noticed his keyboard was not being tortured quite as much as it had been. Meanwhile, Miss Window was still sobbing quietly, but while I had been engaged with Mr. Isle for a few minutes, I noticed out of the corner of my eye she was looking at my book, and in particular, the daily passage I had just been focused on. When I turned back, she said hello and introduced herself as she apologized for looking at my page. I said, no worries. I introduced myself and said she was welcome to take a look at the whole book if she wished. And she replied, no thank you, but I did like what was there on the page for today. I took the opportunity to let her know it was clear she was distressed over someone or something and I hoped it was not anything serious. She let me know it was her job and her family. She went on to say she traveled a lot, her job was very stressful, and she worried her family was suffering from her absence. Meanwhile, I could tell Mr. Isle was listening intently as he continued working. Miss Window went on to tell me how she felt so torn between work and family demands that it culminated in a call with her husband, telling her he had had enough of being the primary caregiver to their kids and that he wanted her to either quit, change jobs, or change the dynamics of her current position. And then he abruptly hang up just prior to her boarding the flight. We talked for a few more minutes and then I shared with her the following. 
You know, we all desire to find that perfect balance in life, whether it's family and work, relationships and responsibilities, or simply life, hopes, dreams, and goals with the practical demands of everyday living. But in the end, we can have it all if we are willing to see it all differently. She asked, well, what do you mean, see it differently? And I explained that we each have the ability or power to create our circumstances more than we know or accept. And it is the lack of acceptance of that power that is usually the cause for experiencing the same unpleasant situations over and over. We are beings of habit, and thinking and reacting are habitual. And unless we decide to stop the merry-go-round in our mind that suggested we are a victim of circumstance, we are doomed to continue experiencing the same thing over and over. While she looked puzzled for a moment, it was clear her sobbing had stopped and her posture indicated a lightness had returned to her physical presence. I pointed out to her and suggested that the reason she was now relaxing a bit was because she knows intuitively that she is in control and it was that hearing it spoken to her had reminded her of that idea. Before long, Mr. Isle turned towards us and contributed a few questions on the subject and a few observations he was now noticing about his own situation, all while he was apologizing for listening. As the flight continued on, and we continued on in conversation, it felt like only a little while had passed and we were getting ready to land at our destination. As the landing gear came down, I mentioned to both of them how I, too, had started out the flight less than comfortable over my particular seating arrangement, but that after reading a daily reminder of how we actually are more in control of our circumstances than we often remember or realize, I chose to accept what was occurring knowing there was purpose in it, even if I couldn't see it, at least at that moment. As we taxied to the gate, Miss Window advised that she felt more grounded in the idea that she was now in control of how she felt in any present moment again, and that it would help her as she went forward with the particular family circumstances she was faced with. Mr. Isle told us that he had intended to bang away on his computer the entire flight, but that after hearing and then participating in the conversation, he was now feeling ready and able to meet his deadline, despite not banging away on his laptop endlessly during most of the flight. We said our goodbyes and deplaned. As I walked to baggage claim, I felt for the first time in all my years traveling by plane that it really didn't matter where I sat or whom I sat with after all, that it was up to me to choose how I was going to respond to any situation that might come up. I was not a victim of circumstance, and neither was Miss Window or Mr. Isle. I had just learned to fly differently. <laughs>